Welcome to the Project Management Show with your host, Scotty Bud Melvin. This podcast features renowned project management professionals. They'll be sharing their insights on what it takes to achieve project success and their lessons learned along the way. Now, with another Project Management Show, here's Scotty Bud Melvin. Hello, and thank you for checking out the Project Management Show. Today, brought to you by Bravo Reporting Systems, a better way to create weekly activity reports. You can find them at bravoreporting.com. And make sure you check back for more Project Management Show podcasts at the website, projectmanagementshow.com. Today, we're joined by Kendall Coons, businessman, entrepreneur, founder of Forms on Fire, and has served as their CEO since its foundation in 2011. He grew up in West Lafayette, Indiana, graduated from Purdue, of course. Uh, His early career influenced heavily during his time at Oracle, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, He moved his family from Chicago to Seattle and joined the basement-located startup Eris Corporation. Five years later, Eris went public. Soon after, he became CEO. And Eris Corporation is where Kendall found his passion for early-stage software companies. Hello, and thanks for the time today. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Looking forward to the conversation today, and before we get into the beef, let's uh, get a little bit of background on yourself and your journey that led you to launch Forms on Fire. You did a nice uh, nice job of talking about my background, and I've been incredibly lucky in life and in my career. In 1988, I was very lucky to be hired into a fantastic little software company known as Oracle Corporation, and they're incredibly difficult boot camp training program was much more difficult than even graduating with honors from Purdue University. And after about four amazing years at Oracle, I was lucky to join a startup in Seattle. Uh, And as you mentioned, just short five years later, that company went public on the NASDAQ. And again, I was lucky to become the company's CEO of five of my own companies later. And now I'm lucky to be leading Forms on Fire, which is perhaps the most uh, fun thing that I've ever been doing in my career. All right, so this is an application that's a key solution for clients' projects. Can you share a a case study or two on some interesting projects and the challenges you've had to overcome? Yeah, you know, startups face so many challenges, massive Mm -hmm. challenges, especially those startups that are bootstrapped. And, you know, the odds of success are quite against entrepreneurs. And I think the biggest challenge Forms on Fire faced is just having a lack of resources, money, time, and human capital. We, uh, uh, you know, getting a product to market uh, or completing a project on time can be considered successful, but until someone's actually buying it, I mean, it can fail. So, during the product development cycle, which is a huge project, you, you've got to prove your assumptions. And, you know, this is rarely done. When it is done, you simply hope there's a, enough money left to, to promote the product and get it into the hands of people who need it. And, uh, so we were fortunate enough to overcome some of those challenges and get the product to market. You know, one of the uh, project case studies that forms on fire is that we we began with a, a bold vision to deliver projects on a fixed price basis. We we just felt this might be a simple way for to delight our clients. And with very little experience in delivering projects, we didn't know the key metrics required to determine the scope of a project. And so estimating properly was a big problem. And most technical people are just pure optimists of their own capabilities. So we, you know, early on, we had projects that were over budget by 500%, 600%. And who absorbed the cost of those projects? And I mean, we did as a company. And fortunately, the company was able to absorb it in a way of, of net losses. And, you know, since I funded the company personally, that cost me personally. But with each success and each loser, 
we examined the factors that drove scope to be larger or smaller. And this helped us to not only gauge the size, but also gave us incredibly useful communication methodology for articulating the scope boundaries in all of our proposals. Let's talk about some projects here. And uh, why do you think projects succeed or fail? And if you could, maybe some examples? Absolutely. You know, some people astonishingly attribute success or failure to either good luck or bad luck. And I believe generally (laughs) projects fail because requirements are misunderstood. Capabilities are overvalued and assumptions are not tested frequently in order to reduce risk. And, you know, we've been fortunate to deliver both successes and failures, probably learn more from the failures. The projects that did fail did so mainly because of misunderstandings of the scope and a lack you know, of a methodology to objectively evaluate the true output that the talent was going to be able to apply in, into the projects. And our, our failures were mostly a failure of cost variance and, and not necessarily scheduled variance. We typically got things done on time, mm-hmm. but we may have had to put in a lot more effort. And we're just very grateful for not having gone bust and trying to, to learn from those failures. All right, let's talk about projects you're working on today. Any that have you excited? You know, so many of our projects are, are creative, they're beautiful and functional. And I, I think one of the projects I'm really excited about is with a very large retail company uh, in the Fortune Top 20. And this particular organization sells a massive amount of food in their stores. And they began asking the question, how do we inspect our supplier facilities with more consistency and better accuracy? They They started a project for their suppliers of organic eggs to ensure that that the eggs are truly organic. And in doing so, they created a very simple quality assurance form that asked various questions such as, you know, what are the conditions for chickens for the, you know, what's the feed? What are the ages of the birds and so on? And before releasing the paper form, this group discovered forms on fire. And upon looking at our product and our project success, they were convinced that this will revolutionize the way they were able to peek into their suppliers' hen houses and control a consistent quality, which now includes photographs and other rich data, along with gathering simple data. So delivering the software properly was easy. What was difficult is controlling the scope within the various egg farms who all found the product so valuable for other uses. And, you know, we're delivering several projects in the area of professional sports medicine as well that are revolutionizing the way athletes are evaluated, tested, and injury recovery management. You know, as an athlete, this is very exciting for me. So we're working on a lot of really exciting mobile projects. Sweet. Uh, Over the years, have you had any mentors or someone you've learned from? I've had many incredible, talented, and intelligent mentors. And, you know, during my joyful days at Oracle, I call them, uh, there were two or three vice presidents who took me under their wings, coaching me how to hire, how to negotiate, how to manage and how to speak kind words that that lead to results. And uh, I think, you know, other mentors early in my career, like at Aris Corporation, the company we took public, my mentors included both Paul and John Song. They were like brothers to me. And with the three of us, we were really the, the three who orchestrated the company's strategy to go public on the NASDAQ. And more recently, as an entrepreneur and CEO, it's difficult to find mentors, uh, mentors I think. And uh, we, we tend to value what we call in the company, we call it rookie smarts with millennials. And I, I learn a lot from them, like how people today like to buy things on the internet. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, you know, it's hard as an entrepreneur to find mentors. And I, I do belong to a small group of entrepreneurs that encourages me in my, uh, in my faith and to apply my faith to uh, my business life. And I, I do a lot of just in time reading and learning of skills that I, we just can't afford in the company. You know, I've noticed over the past maybe five years a really big jump in uh, meeting groups, meetups, groups of folks with similar uh, situations, jobs, careers, things like that. 
I'm, I'm part of two or three. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a small group is a, is a good way to meet people as an entrepreneur, at least for me, it's very difficult. I'm, I'm doing a lot, you know, on my own. I do a lot of thinking on my own. I, mm. you know, I keep a daily journal, but, uh, you know, unless you're really purposeful about going and finding people and seeking out those small groups, I think is a great way to, to find people who are, who are, you know, experiencing similar issues and entrepreneur groups are very popular. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about challenges. Can you name a big challenge that you've faced uh, maybe recently and how you handled it? Yeah. I mean, the absolute biggest challenge we faced recently was launching our new software platform in 2015. And Mm -hmm. the launch itself was a massive amount of work using just a small team. And we did a lot of testing of our assumptions about features. We knew we had a terrific product for each component, but we had no idea how to find buyers and we didn't know how long it might take to become profitable. And so we were incredibly fortunate that the product was so very good and that our you know early clients quickly expanded their use of the product. And I think even more importantly, they were willing to act as references for new clients, but getting new people that is new clients uh, and, and, you know, on the internet, you're talking about a, a, a giant crowd of people that you may be advertising to getting them to raise their hand and say they're interested. I mean, that was an enormous challenge and we just kept at it and kept at it and kept testing our assumptions and, and made it work and became profitable in our first year of launching the product. Let's talk about lessons learned. I'm sure there've been a few over the years along the way. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I, I mean, personally, I've had a vast number of lessons that I've learned over the years. And let me share an experience from 2007. So I, I talk about the product launch at Forms on Fire. And, and uh, in 2007, we started a game company called kickplay.com and it didn't make it. And it wasn't a colossal failure, but it just wasn't fun to go through the process. The basic concept was that people generally might enjoy uploading their own photos and audio into a game as they play them. And as it turns out, this basic assumption just simply wasn't true. Well, we kept getting deeper and deeper into coming up with new features for the product before discovering and testing that one basic assumption that people generally did not think it would be fun to upload their own uh, photos of their friends, maybe an audio. So when the product launched, people didn't like it and we didn't have enough funding left to pivot to something different. And looking back, we could have invested, you know, 10% maybe of our overall spend to discover that people didn't like the concept. And then we could have maybe tested nine more experience or experiments, you know, with the same money by failing early in our assumptions. And we just didn't do that. that that's just one example. But uh, testing your assumptions, I think, is critical. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back in just a second. We're talking with Kendall Kuhn, CEO of Forms on Fire. Today's Project Management Show brought to you by Bravo Reporting Systems. This episode of the Project Management Show is brought to you by Bravo Reporting Systems. Communication within a project team is a constant challenge, and results-driven managers know the importance of staying in touch with what is being accomplished and where the issues are so they can focus on the key action items. The Bravo Reporting System is a web-based application designed to take the pain out of creating and assembling activity reports. Bravo is a fast, efficient way to enter accomplishments, issues, and action items. And with a simple click of the button, all the data from each employee is assembled into a perfectly formatted document. For more information or to start your free 30-day trial of Bravo, visit bravoreporting.com. And as a Project Management Show listener, just enter the promo code PMSHOW for a 20% discount. And we're back with Kendall Kuhn, CEO of Forms on fire and we're going to talk about emerging trends now do you see any trends coming in the way of the way projects are managed so generally speaking i'm not 
personally tracking what's happening with trends in project management. And for our projects, we're seeing a trend towards shorter, high impact, high return on investment projects using agile tools and following kind of a Kanban methodology. And I don't know if that's a trend. It certainly is in our in our business. And we like to use visual style tools to manage those work packages. But one trend that I am seeing in terms of working with clients who pay for projects is their willingness to pay for those projects with credit cards. And it just fascinates me that companies will buy, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars of services that are project-based services using a credit card. And I, I think, you know, those are maybe two things that we're seeing, but I'm not generally watching or following the trends. Mm-hmm. What kind of qualities do you think make a good leader, a good project manager? That's a great question. I think, you know, to me, project management, as opposed to product leadership, is about getting things done on time, on budget, you know, contrasting that with project leadership, which is about bringing to reality a vision of the original business objectives of a project. Uh, The project management side is really doing with a team. It's knowing limitations. It's learning what the team lacks. It's defining the scope early on and holding to that and about continuously reminding people where they are in the process and how much is left to go, calling out, you know, what is in and out of scope and those kinds of things. And expectations on projects can really run amok with new people who don't know their own limitations and or that you're taking for granted. And, you know, stating those limitations immediately is is what people want. And if you if you do it with some grace, it gets easier to manage successful. But leading is knowing when to increase or decrease scope and, and doing what is really best for the business. It's about being persuasive about meeting the company's goals through a project. So I like to contrast those, you know, leadership and, and management skills into kind of two different categories. Mm-hmm. Great question, though. Uh, let's talk tools now. Can you uh, talk about some of the key tools or resources that you're using today? Yeah. So, you know, in the last three to five years, there's just a massive number of, of cloud applications available for businesses, even small businesses and large businesses. And we use so many of those tools. I probably can't remember all the cloud systems that we use, but, you know, some some that come to mind, Trello Boards, which follows a Kanban style of project management or product management. It's it's brilliant for managing hundreds of small projects. And clients love it because it gives them a quick visual on what's happening and a central point to communicate without having to teach them all the mumbo jumbo of earned value management and other things. And Trello was recently acquired by a company called Atlassian for something like, I don't know, $400 million. So someone out there thinks that (laughs) Trello is marvelous. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another product that we use is called Harvest. We uh, use that to track all of our time and dollars, budgets for projects in addition to client invoicing. This is an incredible little tool that scales with you and even a single user license is free. Another trend that we're seeing in cloud data systems is in integration and there's a product out there called zapier.com and it connects to over 750 cloud-based systems including Forms on Fire and these types of standard systems are making people's lives, you know, much easier and I I think that that growth will continue in the cloud. What about personally? What do you use to keep yourself organized uh, personally? So, you know, believe it or not, I, I still enjoy keeping a daily diary that uh, I write down with a with a pencil, oh. and this helps me to uh, center my thinking, and I, I track notes on my day, including even sometimes my personal feelings. Um, but I use Trello, you know, to, to track my personal tasks, and we hold quarterly review meetings and, and do planning with the team, and we do a lot of that on Trello. Uh, but, yeah, just some simple tools that I use. Do you have any books that you think project managers should be reading? You know, if people want to innovate 
and add a new perspective to their projects, I, I would highly recommend The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. It's, a, it's totally a must read. Um, and though this is not necessarily a project management book, you know, it is a book on how to innovate and how to measure the, the product market fit quickly. It, it teaches you how to prove assumptions that you're taking for granted, such as like, hey, people are going to love playing a customized computer game uh, where they can upload their pictures and their audio. And it turns out that wasn't true. And had we known some of the basic assumptions we were making, and more importantly, how to quickly test those assumptions, we could have saved some headaches, some money and, and failed more quickly to get to a pivot of our idea that may have actually worked. So uh, I would recommend the Lean Startup as a read. All right. Do you have any inspirational quotes you like to toss around? Inspirational quotes. Gosh. How about uh, one kind word can change someone's entire day? That's a a Mother Teresa uh, quote. There you go. That is true. Totally true. (laughs) If someone wants to get a hold of you, how can they do it? I'm guessing there's a few different ways. Sure. Uh, My email is Kendall with two L's at formsonfire.com. You can also reach out and find me on uh, formsonfire.com and and uh, you can book some time on my calendar there at the website. Yep, those are a couple of ways. Uh, also pretty prolific on, on LinkedIn if you want to find me there. There you go. And any parting advice before we wrap up? I think with that advice, I'm going to have to just quote our ethos at Forms on Fire. Seek the good, do great work, be ridiculously helpful, and keep getting better. <laughs> I love that. I'm writing that one down. I like it. Thank you so much, Kendall Coons, CEO of Forms on Fire. We thank you for your time today, sir. Thanks, bud. And thank you for listening today. Project Management Show brought to you by Bravo Reporting Systems. We also want to say thank you to the Trident Group and also Black Rock Resources for sponsoring specific Project Management Show podcasts. You can find more at projectmanagementshow.com. My name is Scotty Bud Melvin. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on The Project Management Show. Here's hoping that your projects are always on schedule and within budget. Catch us next time right here for another Project Management Show.